Hello, and welcome to the Astrology Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana, and today we'll be discussing the first house in astrology. So it's been a minute since I've done an episode, and I'm really sorry for that, but I've had quite a bit of life stuff happening, so um, yeah, apologies for the delay. And also, I've been working on other episodes that have been requested, and I didn't know which one I should do first, so I did a survey... Uh, sorry, not a survey, a poll on my Patreon asking people what they want to see first. So if you want to have uh, first say on what future episodes are recorded and aired, then definitely join me on Patreon. We have a lot of cool stuff there, um, including exclusive content and exclusive merch now, which is really cool. Um, and also full and new moon reports and reports on the different seasonal and astrological events throughout the year, including the Wheel of the Year Sabbath. So if that sounds cool to you, then definitely join us over on Patreon. One quick note I wanted to express before we get into the episode is that it's important to note that all natal chart placements are interpreted by various astrologers differently. I know I've said this before, but it is really important to understand. Um, That's why you have so many astrologers who may define different placements so differently. And I think it's important to listen to many different interpretations so you can really see which vibes best with you and really understand how differently these placements can be interpreted and get a well-rounded idea of what may be indicated for each placement in your chart and which applies to you. Finally, keep in mind that the first house is only one area of your chart. And without considering all other placements alongside aspects, it can only represent a small piece of the wider vision that makes up you and your life. Okay, so (laughs) in astrology, the first house rules the self. It is kind of like an extension of your rising sign in in a way. It details a person's identity and the first house is naturally ruled by Aries. Um, this house can definitely influence many aspects of someone, especially if there's a strong aspect or any planets within the house. A person's mentality, their sense of ego identity, temperament, vitality, attitude, attractiveness, likability, optimism or lack thereof, consciousness, and even their appearance will all be under first house rulership. So they they can, depending on how close they are to your ascendant in terms of degree or how far away and closer to the second house, um, they can influence certain aspects. Like if they're closer to the second house, they might influence, uh, you know, the second house a little bit more. And if they're closer to your ascendant sign, they can lean even more heavily on things like your appearance and public persona and public reputation and first impressions and things like that. Uh, And, you know, I mean, it can indicate what first impressions we send out to the world at large. So aspects closer in degree to the ascendant sign, again, like I was saying, is like it can influence the physical self while points in the first house that are closer to the second house. So if the degree is, you know, leaning more closer to the second house, they rule our behavior, our style, and all things visible about someone. Um... And it can influence to a certain extent your self-esteem if it's very close to the second house, um, just because the second house does rule your self-esteem and sense of self-worth and value. Um, If the first house is like a slice of bread, then the rising sign or ascendant sign of a person is like 
the side of the bread that's most visible um, when you first look at it. And the first house, again, is natively ruled by the planet Mars and the sign of Aries. So all things which are natively ruled by Mars and Aries are considered within this house. Um, so, you know, things like uh, our approach to uh, motivation and assertion and goals and aggression, and even more so if you actually have Mars in the first house, um, that can be a factor as well. You know, it'll just be underscored even more. Obviously, we don't show up as our zodiac signs necessarily. Instead, we show up as our rising or ascendant sign in combination with the sign that is on the cusp of the first house and any planets which are present. As an example, you could be a Taurus rising but have Pluto in the first house, which would indicate a complex mix of both Taurus and Pluto traits. Um, and that's true for anyone. So you can, you know, take your rising and whatever you have in the first house and kind of mix those things together to, you know, combine. And that's what you're showing up as, you know. The first house encompasses a person's perspective about the world and how someone portrays themselves in regard to their surroundings and personal presence. Physically, the first house rules over the head and the face. And it also rules the aspects of a person's mind, which rule conscious thought and actions. So when planetary transits occur via the first house, it can affect a person very specifically in terms of personality. And when planets move through the house, um, all travel which conjuncts them will influence the person in an even stronger way. And it can affect things like, you know, the head and the face, like, uh, you know, maybe... I don't know, I don't want to give an example, but like, let's say there's something really intense happening in the first house and, you know, it rules over the head and the face, maybe something, you know, occurs to your head or your face, like, as an example, I don't know, maybe you're getting a facelift or a facial done or, you know, maybe you're having a headache, I don't know, <laughs> um, you know, those are like physical ailments, obviously, in extreme situations, but just an example of ways it could affect you physically. Mm. You could even like overhaul your face with makeup and express your identity through that and change your style when planets are, you know, moving through the first house. Uh, when specific astrological events occur within the first house, it can shift our concept of identity, ego, and even physical appearance. So like I said, you know, something happening with, you know, giving yourself a makeover in terms of um, you know, how you express yourself through makeup or skincare even. This is just one example of how astrological alignments and events can occur inside the houses. So planets in the first house are typically positive, especially when they have strong aspects to other planets and placements within your personal birth chart. The best ones to have are the Sun, Venus, or Jupiter, and these lend a lot of energy, luck, and beauty and creativity to a person individually so you know i mean if you have the sun in the first house it's almost like being blessed like your your personality could just be very sunny you could just be i don't know like people could just see you and you would just have this like magnetic presence or noble presence about yourself if you have venus it can make you very beautiful or very magnanimous where people are just you know they're attracted to you just for no not to say no reason but uh, inexplicably attracted to you, you have a certain magnetism about you. On the flip side, it can give someone a massive ego or excessive vanity or the tendency to go overboard. 
you know, Pluto in the first house can make a person especially serious or angsty, while Mercury can make them charming and clever or otherwise deceptive and critical. You know, Neptune and the moon in the first house can make a person sensitive or nurturing and intuitive, or otherwise they might have a tendency to overpersonalize things or become moody and taciturn, delusional or emotionally overwhelmed. So as you can see, all planets have their positive and negative expressions in all houses, including the first. The first house at the point of birth shows us the possibilities and potential for a person's appearance, identity, self, and possible behaviors. As each individual learns, grows, and experiences new things throughout life, they can harness the strengths and temper the weaknesses of the first house in order to fully realize their best self. So, I mean, all knowing your entire natal chart is, is understanding what are the positives of this placement? What are the negatives of this placement? And how can I be more self-aware in harnessing the positive positive aspects and also tempering the negative ones so they don't get the best of me. The first house also rules early childhood. So our earliest memories, our perception of the world and our experiences which shape our later self. The first house is the main link we have to our physical body and it can indicate our strengths and weaknesses, the level of ease or difficulty we encounter in this lifetime. And if a planet is in strong dignity, meaning that it's displaying the most positive expression of that planet in its position and in your chart, it can often indicate our gifts and blessings. Now, what's important to realize here is that there are no good or bad aspects or placements, like I said. Some can be considered less favorable, but each placement has its benefits and drawbacks no matter what it is. You know, uh, it's important to realize that the first house is simply one, although it is important, um, piece of the pie which makes up our entire natal chart. And in order to fully actualize all the placements in our chart, it's a lifelong process. And it's to truly understand our own strengths and weaknesses, to learn from them, to harness them as best we can and face any challenges head on as the lessons that we are fully equipped to learn are, you know, I mean, we have everything that we need, you know, spiritually within our chart, all the characteristics, all of the equipment, all of the necessary tools. We have all of those things that we need to face the challenges that we're going to face in life. I mean, if you believe in that spiritually, which I do. And so really understanding each point in the house is not necessarily um, trying to overcome or, you know, I, I hear a lot of people who've had uh, birth chart readings from me or if they've ever, you know, looked at their chart and Googled it, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I have, I don't know, Mars and Libra, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad placement. It's actually a very good placement, but just for argument's sake, oh, I have Mars and Libra in the seventh house or whatever, so that's terrible and that's shit and my chart is shit. And the important thing you really have to understand is that every placement, no matter what it is, can have its positives and negatives. You know, sometimes you're given such difficulty with the placement that it makes you a very resilient person and in turn, you're able to achieve certain things or you have the um, tenacity and the endurance to really you know, buckle down and achieve the things that you want in life or to overcome those things that have happened to you and turn them into something positive. And it's not necessarily that you need to have this blessed placement. And also, 
you know, when people have great placement in certain areas and nothing is going on and there's no conflict, you'll find a lot of times that that person is lazier in that area because things have come easy for them. So it's not always sunshine and rainbows. If you have a good placement, sometimes it can be more debilitating for a person because they're not giving as much attention to something that doesn't cause them conflict or doesn't cause them to have to work harder. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go into each sign too deeply, but here's a quick breakdown into what each sign in the first house could indicate. So first house in Aries, this is what's called in its domicile. Um, it, there's no like exalted house placements as far as I know, but domicile simply means that Mars rules the first house, Mars naturally rules Aries. So this is a natural placement for it to be. If you have Aries in the first house, you are impulsive, action-oriented, changeable, and dynamic in your nature, assertive, energetic, competitive, playful, and ambitious. If you have Taurus in the first house, you might be down-to-earth, calm, grounded. You might have a desire for nice things or luxurious experiences. You may be artistic or creative. People may think that you're beautiful in a very raw, sort of nature-y way. Um, you may enjoy taking things slow and you may have strong values and beliefs, a love for things and luxury and just generally possessions, a desire for stability, and you may be easygoing. If you have Gemini in the first house, then perhaps you are naturally friendly, curious, clever, charming, lighthearted, cunning, changeable, and maybe you have a desire to know and understand as much as possible and also to be social. If you have cancer in the first house, you could be moody, intuitive, sensible, sensitive to energies, warm and welcoming, nurturing, emotional. You might have a need to feel safe, a need to feel love, or a need to love others, to feel accepted, and to be loved. If you have Leo in the first house, you may be noble, idealistic, desire attention. You might be dramatic and proud, gregarious, dignified. You might even have like a royal kind of vibe about you. You'll probably be very generous and have a need to be seen and heard and recognized for your unique gifts or for just simply being a leader. You may have strong principles and a desire to be unapologetically authentic. If you have Virgo in the first house, you may be observational, critical, helpful, a problem solver, a thinker. You may have a desire to be effective and do things the right way. You may be analytical, intelligent, or have a desire to strive for better things. And if you have Libra in the first house, you could be beautiful or fair, as they say. Um, you know, people might just naturally like you. You all might also have people-pleasing uh, people tendencies. You could be poised and dignified, fashionable, sociable, charming. You may have a desire to establish balance and harmony or even just have a need for harmony in your life or a need to find the middle ground in everything and hate conflict. If you have Scorpio in the first house, you could be serious and secretive, moody or enigmatic, investigative, sharp, alluring, or have a need to control yourself, strong instincts, 
or a quiet fighter persona. And if you have Sagittarius in the first house, you could be larger than life in terms of your presence. You could be good-natured, distant, open-minded, humorous, adventurous, philosophical, have a desire to explore and experience life fully. You could be jovial or have a cosmopolitan character. If you have Capricorn in the first, you could be mature, highly structured, organized, business-minded, ambitious, a quiet mastermind, a strategist. You could be very rational and very level-headed. If you have Aquarius in the first house, you could be uniquely individual, thoughtful, a contrarian. Uh, you may have a need for freedom. You could be naturally popular and good-looking. Uh, you will be very open to new things, have a desire to learn and understand the world. You could be a natural humanitarian, an egalitarian. You could have very strong opinions and a desire to improve and make necessary changes, especially for the world at large and for justice and equity. And finally, if you have Pisces in the first, you could be empathic, you could be caring, sensitive, intuitive, a people's person, creative, spiritual, imaginative. You could be a dreamer and a visionary and have a desire to accept and include everyone. And finally, I thought I would do a quick breakdown of the planets in the first to give you an idea. You can kind of combine these things um, to give you a better idea of whatever's happening in the first house. Obviously, if you have a stellium in the first or something more complicated, then definitely hit me up um, uh, on Instagram if you're wanting to have a natal chart reading. Uh, also, if you join my Patreon and you're on the higher tiers, you'll get a free natal chart reading as part of the membership. Um, but if you did just want to pay for the natal chart reading, you can hit me up on Instagram at Astrology Witch Podcast, and I do those. Um, and if you do have a stellium, it can make things a lot more complicated in any house. So, uh, and if you're unfamiliar with what a stellium is, it's usually three or four or more planets in a single house and that can really make things interesting okay so here's some indications for what each planet's influence might be if it lands in the first house so if you have the sun in the first house it can make you very straightforward confident egotistical idealistic and proud it can also really bless your appearance or give you a sunny disposition or a regal disposition. If you have the moon in the first house, it can make you gentle, shy, emotional, moody, intuitive, and even just kind of like, I don't know, um, reserved in a way. If you have mercury in the first house, it can make you talkative, curious, uh, attractive, clever, deceptive, and analytical. If you have Venus in the first house, it can make you gentle, creative, vain, materialistic, and it can give a person very beautiful eyes. If you have Mars in the first house, it can make you very dominant, competitive, energetic, athletic, aggressive, and action-oriented. If you have Jupiter in the first, it can make you careless, distant, adventurous, philosophical and optimistic and it can give a person um, either height um, meaning they're very tall and lanky or heavy 
They could be heavier set. They could just be a heavier, taller person, just a bigger person, or have a very big presence about them. If you have Saturn in the first house, it can make you demanding, ambitious, mature, street, strategic, logical, and it can make you tall or thin or have a carved bone structure. Uh, people with Capricorn risings and Saturn in the first can just have like a very carved appearance uh, because Saturn is the sign of restraint and that can make your face very carved and chiseled. Uh, and it can make somebody that's very controlled about like what they consume, you know, in terms of eating. If you have Uranus in the first house, it can make you contemplative, detached, quirky, opinionated, and even a little bit discontented. And it can even make you a little bit of a chaotic contrarian as well. If you have Neptune in the first house, it can make you a dreamer. It can make you a little delusional artistic, intuitive, and confident. And if you have Neptune in the first, or if you have something like a Pisces rising, it can make people project whatever they want to see onto you. For example, Marilyn Monroe had, I think Neptune in the first house or, or uh, possibly a Pisces rising, I'm not sure. Um, she did have Neptune like right on her ascendant. And essentially, people projected whatever they wanted to see onto her and you still kind of see that happening now where you know we still kind of idolize her as this icon and she's very put up on a pedestal um, and that's the kind of thing that you can see with people who have heavy Neptune influence and finally if you have Pluto in the first house it can make you dramatic serious mysterious alluring attractive and give you very intense eyes so that is pretty much all I have today for what's going on in the first house. This was a request, so thank you so much to the person who requested this. I'm not sure if she wanted me to mention her by name, but I really appreciate it because it was a great idea to break these down, uh, you know, each house down further for you guys. And if you enjoy this, please do let me know. It helps me to be motivated if I know that you guys are wanting the next episode and for me to continue on some of these rather than think, oh, the, you know, people aren't listening as much. Maybe they don't enjoy this topic. So if you please let me know via Instagram or Twitter or shoot me a DM or even on here, I think you can leave feedback comments. That would be amazing. It really does help me keep me motivated to keep making these. And if you enjoy, I will do the second house and all the way through the 12th. And we can do a deep dive on each house. Um... But yeah, I hope that this was helpful for you and I hope you found it interesting and I hope that it gives you a better idea of what the first house is really about. The first house is a pretty pivotal house in terms of a person's personality where some of the other houses, they can influence you um, and obviously if you have planets in a different house, that's going to be even more impactful. Um, but, you know, in terms of your personal identity, the first house is definitely very impactful and so I hope it gave you a better idea of what's going on here for you. And we can continue on with the second house in the next episode if you guys enjoy this. So I know it's a little bit shorter than my typical because we didn't have to go through all the signs in a crazy way. But hopefully, again, you enjoy this and let me know. And please, please come chat with me or follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Astro W Podcast. 
and I'm on Instagram at Astrology Witch Podcast. And I also have an Astrology Witch Podcast Facebook page if you want to message me there or leave me a comment. Um, I don't post as many memes as I used to. I'm really busy with things lately. Um, but there are a lot of fun things there that I've only shared there that hopefully you guys enjoy. Um, and again, if you feel inclined to support me in another way, Patreon's amazing. I have exclusive merch there now, which is really cute with the Astrology Witch Podcast logo, like coffee mugs and stickers. Um, I think every tier, including the lower tiers, have some kind of exclusive perk merch. So um, you could get stickers or coffee mug or a hoodie. Um, and I think that's really fun and cute and cool. Uh, and then there's t loads of other exclusive content that you get access to, as well as early access ad-free episodes. So we have fun there. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. And I know it's been a minute, so if you're still here listening and tuning in, I really appreciate it because I know it can be frustrating when you're waiting for new episodes to come out, and we do take quite a bit of time. So if you are still here thank you so much i really appreciate it it means a lot to me and i hope you're doing well and taking care of yourself and i will see you in the next episode thanks so much <laughs>